Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, congratulations. You're about to arrive to the right place. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Ellen and Aaron Sports Podcast. Are you ready for it? Now, here is Ellen and Aaron. Welcome, everybody, to another great episode of the Alan and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. I'm Alan, and we're going to have a great show for you tonight. Tonight's broadcast is sponsored by none other than our great sponsor, Florida Chef T's Florida Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. So we want to thank Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce for being our outstanding sponsor for today. Definitely pick up a four-pack at FL bbqsauce.com Again, it's flbbqsauce.com Thank you, Florida. Chef G's Florida Bubble Sauce for being a great sponsor. And I'm Alan. Please call in if you'd like to join us tonight at 516-418-5572. Again, it's 516-418-5572. My co-host, Aaron, on is actually, he couldn't be here tonight, <clears throat> but for an outstanding reason, he's celebrating his anniversary, so he's got the night off tonight, but the show must go on, so we're going to have a great show for you tonight. Definitely thank you so much for listening. So tonight, we're going to go ahead and start on a more of a somber note to kick off our show. This week, Hall of Fame NFL punter Ray Guy, unfortunately, has passed away. So we're going to give a moment of silence for the great Hall of Famer, Ray Guy. All right. So definitely may Ray Guy rest in peace. Got a lot of great stuff going on. So we're going to start NFL news. We'll go ahead and start with the the big news that happened this week is that the commander's team is up for sale. And you know what? If you're a billionaire, you're looking for a great investment, I kid you not, I think this is a great opportunity for you, for you to jump on the Washington commanders and become an owner of that team taking it for somebody who's been to Washington, D.C. quite a few times with the right person in the community making the right moves, you can have something very, very special for many years to come, something that's very profitable, something that also becomes a a place where a lot of people can come visit. In Washington, D.C., you have the D.C. area, which is thriving. They call it the DMV. You have D.C. You have Maryland right there and you have Virginia so anyone from those three areas could come by to the game I know that Jeff Bezos of Amazon and Jay-Z are talking about maybe go ahead and partner it up to go ahead and take advantage of this opportunity but yeah if you're listening you're a billionaire you have a something that want to make a great investment I would definitely look into becoming the owner of the Washington Commanders so the team is in 
not officially up for sale, but it is moving into that direction. So keep your eyes open for that. A great opportunity for you. And last night, the Eagles won again, making it a perfect 8-0 for the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, that's significant because they're the only unbeaten team in the league and a game where they really didn't play their best. I really felt as if it's not so much that they played really poorly. I just feel as if they just kind of played down to the competition. They didn't emotionally get up for a team that was one, five, and one, and I can understand that. But even kind of giving half effort, they still was able to beat the team, you know, by two scores. So it just goes to show you how great the the Eagles are. They really they re- really let them run all over them too. They didn't stop the run. So great job for the Eagles winning another game and making a perfect record of eight and zero. I will keep you posted. Definitely, I think Jalen Hurts is put himself in a position that if he continues to play well at this level, he'd make a great argument to make to get the MVP. It's still too early to see or say that right now, but definitely he's doing big things. So I got to give uh, Jalen Hurts a big round of applause. You know, and this week there was a big news where Ward Sapp openly criticized Devin White. He even said that Devin White, who was the captain of the Bucks, one of the captains, that he should take that C patch off his chest and forfeit that and surrender it because he quite simply tanked on a lot of plays when they played the Ravens. Last Friday, when we talked about this, I said the exact same thing prior to Morissette voicing his opinion. As much as I love Devin White, I think he's a boss and a stud. He's definitely deserving of being the captain, and this guy's a playmaker. But I would have to be fair and say that I agree with Warren Sapp in the criticism. I know that Devin White said the right things in his response. He didn't take any shots with Warren. Warren Sapp, that is. But, yeah, Devin White was, you know, basically relegated to just pushing guys out of bounds. He wasn't going out there with the same fiber and intensity that he normally does. He usually is the guy who will hit you before you go out of bounds to try to get a fumble or to make a play, to make you cough it up. I'm not saying that every play you should go ahead and try to tackle a guy when he's stepping out of bounds or something because you could get a, a penalty, but it was just a recurring theme that that's all he was doing was pushing guys out of bounds. And, yes, he did give lackluster effort. See, that's one of the things about the Bucks that makes things very difficult in the time that they're in right now is because I've seen and I've watched the Bucks for many, many years. This season, they're cheating with being a team that you have to watch out for, which you saw a flash of that, more lightly, no flashes, but you saw some flash of it this year, early in the year, when they played against the Cowboys. But you also saw a lot of flashes of them playing like they did in the past, and that's the sucking ears, where they would be tanking on plays, give lackluster effort, and they feel as if 
the person in the other end who's watching is buying their what they're selling, and what they're selling is lack, lack, lackluster effort. And that's how they got the name Suckineers because the culture was bad. I think this year I've seen some of that culture start to rear its ugly head. I just feel as if the team's gotten kind of comfortable with losing a bit. I think they've gotten comfortable with Tom Brady. And now it's like, all right, we've got comfortable too with us winning a Super Bowl. So Devin White has to look himself in the mirror and say, you know, there is a point to this. You know, a lot of guys get defensive and they don't want to take responsibility when they're not playing their, holding their weight. But you have to, there's a word called accountability. And I feel as if Devin White has not been accountable to his, his recent play. The great thing is it's time to turn it around. They got the, the Rams coming in. We'll see what, what they do. This is a big game about the Rams. We're going to get more into that a bit later. But before we do that, let's bring on a great caller. Let's bring on a great friend and caller and guest. Lou, how you doing today? All right. Uh, better than, of course, than the Jets and Giants last week, but that's another story altogether. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. Definitely. So how you been? Oh, uh, I'm better. That's for sure. Okay. But we That's need to touch on today, of course, uh, do or die uh, tomorrow and for the rest of the series as now Phillies has their backs against the wall. They do. They, they, they do have their backs against the wall, to say the least. And my question to you, Lou, is do you think the Phillies are going to fight them with themselves out of this or you think Houston is going to take off and get another, another ring? I'm afraid he was, I'm afraid the cheaters are going to get another ring. Of course, we really can't count the 2017 uh, uh, team because that was tainted. So, well, you can draw your own conclusions on that. But, of course, a lot of people are saying, you know, they didn't deserve it, and they didn't. But, nevertheless, they got the credit for it anyway, so now on the brink of winning another one. I know, Philly looks, Philly looks depleted. I mean, yeah, they were fine in game three, but after that, oh boy, I mean, the no-hitter against them in game four, which was disgusting, uh, game five, they had a chance last night, but they just couldn't muster in the last and the last and the ninth. After that, that's a shame. They had to have it. I know here against them, their own ballpark in the World Series. That's humiliating. Yeah, losing that game was a big game, and that was a close game. You know, they yeah. made it. They they made it very interesting. I, I was thinking they was going to get that big hit at home to kind of break the dam open. They did not. In fact, if anything, Houston made some great plays to kind of to play in the outfield and <laughs> to save themselves from breaking the game wide open, and they got out Not of it. Not only that, but the, but the first run was kind of cheap. Yeah. Why would you hit a guy with bases loaded? Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. You just gave up a run. You know, being for doing something stupid. Sounds as if you really want the Phillies to pull us out. Yeah, I mean, well, because I can't stand the Astros, so I might have to go for the Phillies. I feel you on that. I'm not a big fan of Houston as a team and the organization, but I am a fan of Dusty Baker. I, I that's the saving grace. I know. They, if, if Houston does get it, I do. It's kind of I'm biased in that regard. I do want Dusty to get a ring, 
I feel as if he's yeah, well deserved. The they all want Dusty to get that ring. I know. Yeah, I mean he's a fan favorite, and he's he's been, you know, he he's never gotten one. He's been to the show a lot of times, and yeah, I, I would that's love. True. That's the only saving grace is seeing Dusty Baker get one. Well, I guess that means it's destiny for him. I think it is. You know, I I think I have seen guys in other sports, and you know, take a long time to kind of get theirs. And you're right; sometimes there is they're destined to get it, and things kind of work work their way. Two things I think really went their way. Number one, what were your thoughts about the no hitter? Like I said, sickening. I mean, they pulled the no hitter. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. First one in sixty six years in the World Series, no less too. Hey, you know what? I, I feel you on that one. I'm not a Houston fan, but I got to give them credit. I mean, to pull up a no-hitter in the World Series, no one could ever predict that. That's just crazy. No, no, that's the rarest of the rare, but it happened. It happened, and I was I was glad I watched the game till the very end because I watched history. It was, over, like you said, over 60 years ago, 1956, Don Larson throwing a perfect yep. game. I mean, that's, that still takes the cake. One person throwing a perfect yeah. game, no hitter. No one's going to top that. But that was 1956. No. Yeah. And, last, and they threw a no hitter in game four. Four. And, I mean, after giving up five home runs the day before, yeah. No one could predict that. So, to me, I was like no. in awe of that. It's been a very strange series, to say the least. I mean, game one was a, was a bit of a slugfest. I mean, I don't know how as the Astros gave up five runs, a five-run lead, and lost it in the next innings. I mean, I was like, what? Okay, maybe Philly's on to something here. But, unfortunately, the Astros came and answered back and have now taken a 3-2 lead. Yeah, the Phillies are definitely in a hole right there because the last two yeah. games are in Houston, and and Houston, <laughs> they're a tough team to beat at home. They just well, let's bring well, let's bring Brad Elledge back retirement, send him back to the Phillies. Uh, maybe not. I mean, I did predict as much as I'm not a Houston fan. I did predict Houston to win the series, and I think I the Phillies too. had their chances. I think the Phillies had their chances. Especially last night. I'll last be honest, night, I didn't get feeling much of a chance. They're doing a lot better than I expected. I will say that much. Yeah. I, I, they're making the series actually very competitive. I'd have to say because last night's game could have really went either way. Yeah. You know, I I, I agree I really, with you. They're I making really it a series. A I agree. I thought. I thought. The Phillies were gonna win maybe one game. Yeah, that that's it. I really thought that the Phillies were gonna get railroaded, and they haven't. They've actually played very very good, and you know the series is still not over, but they are in a hole. They are in a hole going down three two with the next two games at home. Mm-hmm. But I will say, you know that that's that's history. Uh, no hit in the World Series over sixty years. I mean. Just think, I was like, man, the first time they did that, I wasn't even born yet. Think of it, that was when the dinosaurs just left the Earth. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I know that they were saying, well, it's four guys who did it instead of one, but hey, a no-hitter is a no-hitter. Houston did that to the Yankees, and to do it again? I wish they would have went there. 
Well. <laughs> well, the Yankees had a no-hitter against them back in June. Yeah, the Yankees, and they, they got no hit for a four combined four pitchers against the same team. Now, Houston. who would get the who would get the win in that? Would it be the leader? Would it be the leader because um, the lead uh, pitcher pitched six innings. So would uh, he get the win? That is a good question. Who got the win? No one knows. Well, I'll check that right now. Who got the win? Yeah. Because um, I know the only reason. Game four. Yeah. If they have that up yet. Wow. It's not that easy to find it. I think it's just because it's too recent. Yeah. That's that's, that's a great question. I think you could really pitch. I mean, you, you go six innings, so I think you would. The only reason why he left because it was getting a high pitch count. Right. And otherwise, they keep him in. Yeah. And, and well, um, no, the are going to go with Suarez, um, Suarez out of the bullpen tomorrow. Yeah. And if it goes to game of seven, Aaron, uh, one of the Nolo brothers will get the start. Yeah, I, I don't give the I don't give the Phillies much of a chance to win this series at this point. I no. really don't. I, I mean, you know, I really don't give much of a chance to win this series at this point. Nobody does. <clears throat> You know, I, I really don't. I mean, it's, I it's possible. The Phillies, the Phillies have definitely shown me enough that they could yeah. pull off winning two games in a row. They could do it, but it's it's tough. It's going to be very tough. But I, I would say that they're credible enough to do it. Yeah. Well, I'll cover that tomorrow, of course. Yeah, and then tomorrow's game, so that people know, let me give the spark time for tomorrow's game. Yeah, so you're going to be covering it during? Absolutely. Yeah, so it, it, should be a, it should be a great, um, it should be a great World Series. I mean, whoever, if it continues or if it doesn't, it should be great to see. Yeah. Yeah. Either they're going to win game six or it's going to be the two most feared in the English language, sudden death. Yeah, tomorrow it's an 8 o'clock game, 8.03 p.m., 8.03. Oh, boy. Why can't they start the games earlier on the weekends? Yeah, it is pretty late. I mean, break. On the weekend. And it's 8.03. That's a weird start time. Well, it's just, eight, it's just after 8 o'clock, so... Yeah, so so you're saying that you're saying I don't think he's like you're saying the Phillies gonna get it. I mean, I'm sorry, the Houston's gonna get it. Unfortunately, yes. Well, I'll be happy for Dusty Baker. I ain't gonna lie. Well, I'll be happy for him. Yeah. 
you know, Dusty Baker's footage. Off, great, but I don't, I don't see it. Which brings another question. If Houston wins the series, would you clarify, classify them as having a dynasty? Um, no, no. Okay. So I wouldn't. That's just I mean, they, they, haven't, they, you know, they haven't won that many uh, to begin with and whatnot. So, you know, in two and five years, that's hardly a dynasty. Uh, yeah, they've been at that. They've been to the World Series a lot these last few years. Uh, but they haven't that. won it, so they can't be. So they can't be a dynasty. Well, they can't be a winning dynasty. I'll put it that way. If they win this series, do you think it erases the fact that they cheated? Yes. Never. <laughs> Remember, boys and girls, once a cheat, always a cheat. Yeah, see, I'll put it like you're, this. You're, mar- the- you're marked with that for life. You are marked with that for life. I mean, if the next generation, 100 years from now, sees, I mean, they'll, they have no memory of it. But as long as this generation arrives, they're going to remember that forever. Yeah, de- definitely that Houston cheating and getting caught cheating, people are not going to forget. But I look at the Houston Astros, it's kind of like them cheating, equivalent to me, like Barry Bonds cheating. Yeah, well, Aaron, I mean, nobody forgets the Bosox scandal of 100 years ago either. That's true. I, I, I still would say I still believe Houston was the better team when they did cheat. They didn't need to cheat. They should have no. cheated, but they still were the better team, and they're probably going to win anyway. But yeah, they changed know, just, themselves by cheating. You know, I'm just here. You know, I'm just hearing the trash cans over the stadium right now. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> they're, getting, they're getting ready for tomorrow. Hey, guys, get those trash cans ready. Mm. Yeah, so. It doesn't prove that some people will do anything to win, even if it's wrong. Yeah, you're right. You're unfortunately right about that. People will cross the line. Mm-hmm. They'll do stuff that they shouldn't. They'll lose their head. They get overambitious. And sometimes it's not something they really need to do. It's really just a, a psyche thing. It might yeah. give you an advantage, but when the Astros won the World Series, their team anyway. You know what I mean? They're, mm-hmm. Maybe they don't make it as, as close. I mean, it might have been, yeah. I should say, it have been closer, but they still were going to win. They were clearly the better team. You didn't really need to cheat. Yeah. Barry Bonds, you didn't need to go that route, that road. You still no, you didn't. You didn't have to go down that road, but some people get yeah. overambitious and they get, you know, they get the winning thing in their head too much and they can't control it and they feel like they got to cheat. Yeah, but we'll see what happens with the Phillies. I know, what I know, you, I know. The old say it's only cheating if you get caught. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you still, you still did it though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree. You know, cheating is cheating. Mm. You know, you ruin yes. your reputation, you ruin your integrity. Even if you were great, you're still going to be known as a cheater because you got caught cheating. Yes. So why why bother doing it? Yeah. It's well, like, I'm it's hoping like, still can pull it off, but um, you know. 
Yeah, I'm really I, I, not, that's just, not just for Philly, not just for the city's sake, but also for Harry. I'm not so confident. It's not because all because of I'm no hitter. It's because yesterday's game. If you were going to win, you needed to win last night's game. Yes, you did. You had a chance, but you blew it in the end. Okay, I'll yeah, it was a great to... save that was made, but still. Yeah. Usually just win those close games. Usually end up winning the series. Now, wait now wait a second. What about with uh, the Indians in, uh, in 1997? That's true. I mean, there's always exceptions to the rule. I mean, I definitely do think so, the Phillies so have shown... That's true. I definitely do think the Phillies have shown me to be credible enough to turn around and win two games straight. Like, it, it wouldn't shock me. I just think it's going to be yeah. really difficult for them to do that. It wouldn't shock me if they yeah. did it, but I think it's just going to be very difficult. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Might have a Carlton Fisk moment. Stay fair. <laughs> stay fair. Stay fair. Stay fair. Stay fair. Sure did stay fair, too. And it did. And it did. It sure did stay fair. Baseball's a game but of actually, so actually, we had three no hitters in the postseason. Uh, yeah, no hitters in the postseason. Right, but only two in the World Series. You forgot also. I think it was in twenty ten or twenty eleven. Because they said that was that since Don Larson, that was the last no hitter in the World Series. That is in the World Series, but there was one other in the earlier rounds. Yeah, right. That's correct. Roy Holiday. Yeah, late great I saw Roy Halladay. May, may he rest in peace. I saw that no hitter. Yeah, Roy Halladay. May he him yeah. rest in peace. Great game. Yeah. Great pitcher. Yes, yes, indeed. Great pitcher. Dewey wasn't on my side. I've never I've seen him at the ballpark and for all all intents of person I've never actually met him. He seemed like a great guy. Mm. Yeah. He's fan friendly. Well, you wanted to meet Roy Holiday. I always want to meet Reggie Jackson. Okay, I guess for a reason. Reggie Jackson's a cool guy. I've met Reggie Jackson, actually. Okay, you beat me to it. You know, you... Yeah, I mean, you know, Reggie Jackson's a cool guy. He signs, He has a beautiful yeah. autograph, too. He'll sign an autograph, too. He, he likes it. Yeah. But, and of course, uh, we got another great game tomorrow too. But it's in the world of college football, and I think you know what that means. Yeah. So, what else you got cooking on tomorrow's show? Well, we'll do we'll do uh, the last of the NFL trades. Uh, I'm gonna take a look at the, some Heisman hopefuls since they're uh, coming out now. Um, for any soccer fans out there, I will preview the MLS championship game, which is on Sunday. No joke. So. Uh, if there's any wow. soccer fans around, uh, you might want to call in. I'll take predictions on that, even though I know that 95% of the population doesn't really care. But for those who do, I will cover it. And, of course, uh, college and pro football uh, predictions uh, for the week ahead. As most of you know, that when I do the college football, I always do the week after, because by the time my show begins, half the game is already over. So why, so why cover it that week? Yeah, that's a good point. 
And remember, it's 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time, but the number is still the same, 512-543-4662. Because of the new time slot, are you getting more callers or the same thing? Um, it varies. Sometimes I, I, I lose like one or two, but other times it's, um, it's a pretty much average. I haven't, I haven't really lost that much. Okay, so that's good. That's real good. Yeah. So it actually has worked out. Has worked out good. Definitely make sure everyone supports Lou and the Enhanced Sports Show between 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Zone, 512-543-4662. Again, it's 512-543-4662. Make sure you support Lou, our great buddy. And definitely anything else you want to leave with them, Lou. Um. Yeah, I just really do come on, uh, you know, just turn your volume down and whatnot. And uh, remember, it's also a family show, and I like to keep it that way. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I got to make sure people know that on our show, too. It's a family show. You know, if you slip up once, yeah. we, won't, we won't release you. But if you keep slipping up, we will. Right. <laughs> just, remember the, just remember the 730 words that George Carlin can't say on television. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. You get the we point. Really, yeah, keep it clean. Now, I wonder, hmm, you know, this is very strange. They say the show is live, but by the time you put you the win, the, the show is already over. Okay, I better check that with somebody here. Hmm. It's not it's a program. I mean, you know, it's, well, I could call it false advertising, but, you know. Yeah. Well, we're, we're live right now. Yeah, so if you got time, if anybody's got time tomorrow, give a show a call because keep this in mind that November is going to be a very busy month in the sports world, at least as far as I'm concerned. That's right. So make sure you support Lou. Because uh, I also, uh, during the first of the month, I also like to do a calendar of sports events for a particular month. And this one is going to be big. Particularly just this week alone, it's going to be big. That's right. A lot of things happening this week. Just this week alone. I mean, never mind the rest of the month. This week alone is going to be huge. That's right. And just think, next week we're going to know who won the World Series. And we're going to know a lot of these games that happen in college, and it's the well, pros. let's see. By the time we get there to the next show, or where it is, I think it'll be in the 563rd inning and no score. We might have seen <laughs> it all the way to spring training. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I thought I thought game four was going to go, you know, deep in the extra because no one was scoring the fifth thing. But after that, the bomb just fell out. That's right. And the hits, they fell out too. Yeah. Yuck. <laughs> yeah. It turned to a pitcher's duel to a game that, was called, that I call ugly as sin. And it was. Yuck. All right, you're, I guess your partner's not with you tonight, right? No, he actually has an anniversary this weekend, so he got the oh. night off. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, Dude. happy anniversary, Aaron. That's right. Now, happy anniversary, Aaron. We wish you definitely Aaron. many, many years of marital bliss. Yes. That's right. <laughs> who's he t- By the way, who's he taking um, for the World Series? For what series? Oh, this, the uh, Phillies? 
he he's thinking the same way me and you are thinking. He wants the Phillies to win, but his heart is saying that um, Houston is gonna is gonna do it. I'm afraid he's, I'm afraid we're all right. Maybe we'll be wrong and we'll be all be happy, but eh, I think we have a better chance of hitting a snowstorm in July than this happening. Yeah, he wants to win. He's just like you. He he doesn't like Houston. He, you know, with a lot of it because of what they got for. The cheating, yeah. and but uh, he, he's cool with Dusty Baker getting his his ring. I, I'm the same way. I, I, that's the the Ooh. one saving grace is that I I want Dusty Baker to get his ring. I mean, and he's not getting any younger, and he's not guaranteed to come back next year. Neither am I. No, don't forget the other bl- don't forget the other blunder, of course, that was you know with a game six and going to a game seven. Yeah, it's not over yet. Yeah. But, no, no, but you know, you know the one I'm thinking about, of course. Yeah. Do I have to say it? Yankees. Nope. You know the only game I'm thinking of. No, I'm not sure. Oh boy. Oh, you are young. That's right. All right. Well, once upon a time, about now, thirty-five and a half years ago or somewhere around that number, um, the Boston Red Sox were about to win the World Series, and then the unthinkable happened in Game 6. Oh, seven, yes. And they lost that as well. Hey, guess who, Buckner? Oh, my goodness. Okay, yep. That's right. I, I, yep. I, I, that's been so long ago, it slipped my mind. Yeah, you know, Bill Buckner. And I mean, the Mets just tied the game. We're about to go into extra innings. Like, uh, no, we're not. And the crazy thing about that is that they had enough game to win, and they lost that game too. Yeah, and it's, game seven, which was supposed to be a Sunday night, was rained out. Yeah, so as bad as, you know, as tough as a play that was for Bill Buckner to have it go through his legs. Yeah. You know, the Red Sox had another opportunity to win the series, and they kept <laughs> Yeah. They carried the emotion into the next game, and then it, the game was it was. And they had a lead. They had a lead, and I just think they were dead men walking. They you could tell that they were playing. Yeah. Thought about what happened the night before in their head the whole night. When is something yeah. bad going to happen? And when you have that mentality, unfortunate life, it will it will find itself. It'll rear itself its ugly head. Right. And, of course, uh, my whole school went nuts that Tuesday morning, except me. But, you know, the Mets, you know, I, even though I'm, you got to give it to Dow Strawberry and Mookie Wilson and the crew, and that's the only time. Wilson. Yeah, and that team is historic, the 86 Mets. And they haven't been there since. Well, no, they have. They haven't won it since. But um, you know, I mean, they, they were there in 2000 against the Yankees, ah, and 2015 against the Royals, which has been a dumpster fire since then. Yeah, so they still, what you happened? know, the, you know, it just goes to show you that it's not easy to get back. You know, guys get traded, injuries. Not only do you have to be great, trade, I think, more likely. And that's the force is that you 
such a blessing when you get there because anything yeah. can happen. Trades, guys leave, yeah. some guys don't play as hard because they won. It's many variables that go into play. And hangover. Then, hangover. That's some, I think some of the Bucks is doing that right now. They, they have that Super Bowl hangover. And the Warriors. Yeah, so I mean, that's, a real thing. that's that's a real thing. That hangover. You... Yeah, I know a lot. Of, a lot of people think that's that's ridiculous. There's no there's no championship. Oh yes, there is. Yeah, because you you're thinking I'm a champ, and then you feel as if you don't have to work as hard to get what you've already gotten. When you haven't um, won anything, you you you're real hungry. Like the Bucks, they were hungry yeah. when they won that, that Super Bowl. But we will see. We will see. Yes, we will. But, yeah, Lou, I appreciate All you right. giving us the call in. I definitely appreciate you tremendously. I definitely appreciate you. Thanks. Oh, you're very welcome, man. Definitely right. have a great time on your show. Yeah, if you get a chance, call in tomorrow. Okay. I'll do my best to do that. All right. Thanks a lot, Alan. Oh, you're very welcome, Luke. My pleasure. And you definitely have a great weekend, great night. That's our great buddy, Lou. Really appreciate him calling in. And he's a great, great guest. Make sure you give him a call at 1252-543-4662. It's 512-543-4662. The Enhanced Sports Show between 4 and 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Zone. That's what we do with Alan and Aaron's Sports Talk Radio Show. We make sure we support each other. And, you know, we talked about the, the Bucks. Yeah, I agree with Warcraft's criticism about Devin White. Devin White's a man. He needs to step up and play like the man. And having said that, I agree with Warcraft's criticism. And, you know, the Bucks this week, to me, was actually the tough, the toughest pick of the week because you don't know what bucks you're gonna get. You're gonna get the bucks that are you know, the Super Bowl champions. They have pride in what they do. They got the goat at the helm. They're gonna. They had ten days off, and are they gonna bring the forces back in and say, okay, guys, we're gonna the ship around, or are they gonna revert back to the sucking ears? And I, that's a real thing. I mean, it's not a joke. It's not just a dig. No, the Succaneers are a team that have bad culture who are down, but they make their situation a lot worse by playing lackadaisical football. And it's contagious. And they believe on their end that they're playing really hard. They say, hey, I'm playing as hard as I can, but us as fans are watching and can clearly see you're not. In your mind, you think you are. So that's the sucking ears. And this team, unfortunately, for the first time, has been teetering, tottering. First time since, I would say, since Tom Brady has been on the team, teetering, tottering with that bad culture. So we will see what happens this weekend. The matchup between the Rams, and I am actually very curious to see what happens. And I'm going to go over our picks. This week, 
we and Aaron, I have Aaron next too, we actually had just about every pick the same this week. This is not something where it's a coincidence or anything. It's, it's just that as the season goes on, you kind of tell the pretenders from the pretenders and and it's and you can pretty much clearly see who's going to make it. But the one game that we differ on is the Rams versus the Bucks, and we'll start with that game. Rams will. I'm going to go to live and say that the Bucks will beat the Rams, and let me tell you why. I feel as if the talk about hustling is going to make an effect on the defensive end of the. The ball, I feel as if the, the fact that the Bucks had 10 days off, they're going to kind of figure out a couple things at least. You can't change everything overnight, but I feel like they're going to make a few adjustments. Those adjustments are going to be big. I do feel as if the Bucks have Lenny Fournette back there. And a playoff Lenny shows up, he gets a little help in the blocking, and he can run for over 100 yards and get a couple of touchdowns. It's going to be hard for the Rams to kind of keep up with that. And I just feel as if this is the week that the Bucks finally get things clicking in the right direction. Is it a must win for the Bucks? No, it is not because their division right now is kind of weak. As I say that it's weak now, but it is something to change because I see Carolina and, and as well as Atlanta as, and also New Orleans starting to play harder. So it's not a must win for the Bucks, but I do feel as the Bucks are going to hold on and win this game. I would say that it is a pickup type game, but I think the Bucks are going to win. I still feel as if Cooper Cup is going to get his touches, his carries, I mean his uh, catches, but I just feel that at the end of the day, the Bucks will find a way to win this game in a close game. I have the Bucks winning. Aaron has the Rams winning. So that is, I think, the only difference we had in this week. We both picked the Eagles win. The Eagles did win on Thursday night, but we did pick. We both picked them. And let's go over the rest of the other picks to kind of see what's going on. So we have the Packers. Let's see. We have the Packers versus the Lions. This one was a pretty easy pick. The Packers have always held down the Lions. For so much years, and even though the Packers are having the greatest season, it's pretty obvious that the Packers are going to beat the Lions. So we both did pick the Packers. We have the Minnesota Vikings against the Washington Commanders, the team that, if you're a billionaire, I'm afraid I'm a billionaire because I would go ahead and put in a bid for the Washington Commanders. I would. But they are playing the Vikings, and I did go ahead and pick the Vikings to win. Let me just double-check here. And so did Aaron. Aaron did pick the Vikings to win. We're going with the Seattle and Carolina. The Car- I'm sorry. We have the Seahawks versus the Cardinals. That actually was a – this, to me, was another tough pick just because – the teams are very similar in the way that they kind of, you know, they're, they're not the top, but they're not the very bottom either. They're kind of steady. So I, I just think uh, 
the Seahawks. Gino is going to do what he needs to do to win the games. He's very good with not turning all over the ball. I do think the Cardinals are going to do better than they did before. I think Gino is going to find a way to make things right. Keep the game close, and I think the Seahawks are going to win. I agree with Aaron. Aaron has Seahawks as well. I have, we both have Seahawks beating the Cardinals. And then we have here the the Rams and as well as the Buccaneers. Again, I chose the Bucks. Aaron chose the Rams. In the AFC, we have here the Colts versus the Patriots. And, you know, that the Colts will not have their star runner, Jonathan Taylor, playing. And it's going to be hard for me to pick <laughs> the Colts to beat the Patriots without Jonathan Taylor. So Aaron did pick the Patriots as well, so we both picked the Patriots. And, again, these picks are just for entertainment only. They're so fun. If you go ahead and gamble and you lose money, don't call us because we, we, we're doing it for fun. Just want to let us know that. We have the Bills versus the Jets. That's going to be a very, very good game. And this one did have a difference. Aaron has the Jets winning in an upset against the Bills. I do not agree. I have the Bills winning against the Jets. I just feel that the Bills are the best, one of the best teams in the league. The Jets are very, very good. I don't think they're at the level of beating the Bills just yet. It's just hard to beat the Bills. They have such a high-power offense. You have Von Miller back there. And even games that they start off slow, they still find a way to kind of get things on pace. And they beat the Packers pretty well. I have the Bills. Aaron has the Jets. Then we have the Raiders versus the Jaguars. You know, this was actually a a game where, yeah, it was kind of hard to pick because, you know, both teams are underachieving, but I just feel as if the Jags are going to find a way to win. They actually look pretty good down in London. So I have the Jags as well as Aaron has the Jags to win as well. We have the Tennessee Titans versus Kansas City Chiefs. Let me just go ahead and see here. The same, we both have the Chiefs beating the Titans. I think the Titans are doing great this year. They're doing fantastic. Definitely, it's something nice to see, but I know Henry's doing his thing. I just feel as if the overall offense is just going to be a little too much for the Titans, even though it's going to be a very, very entertaining game. The Kansas City Chiefs seem to match up well against the Titans, so I got the Chiefs as well as Aaron has the Chiefs to win this game. Then we're going to move on to the Dolphins versus the Bears. And this one here pretty much was pretty, pretty straightforward. We both have the Dolphins beating the Bears in that game. You know, it's just a Dolphins are doing great. Tua has been getting the ball actually out of his hands a lot quicker now since the injury. You know, the major injury he's had. So he's actually rebounding really well. So I have Tua winning with the offensive player of the, the league so far, Tyreek Hill. Then we have Carolina Panthers against the Bengals. And, 
you know, the Bengals did lose pretty bad against the Browns, but I feel as if they'll bounce back. And so does Aaron. We both have the Bengals beating the Panthers. Then we have the Chargers, San Diego Chargers, against the Atlanta Falcons. And in this game should be a very, very good game. This one, we both have the same team as well. We both have the Falcons winning and beating the the Chargers. <laughs> and our final pick on Monday, we have the Ravens versus New Orleans Saints. New Orleans Saints are starting to look a lot better recently, but they look very good. But I don't think they, they look good enough to beat the Ravens. The Ravens look very, very good. They got they seem like they got things back in order with the defensive end and the offensive end. They're not blowing those those leads, those double digit leads anymore. It it definitely Lamar is starting to shine. So we both have picked the Ravens. That's Aaron as well as myself. So we both have the Ravens on Monday night. Should be a great weekend of some awesome games for the NFL. We'll let you know how the picks go. But definitely, you know, best wishes to everybody playing this weekend. And, you know, we did talk about the the no-hitter. I didn't want to go ahead and give props and say that was fantastic. That no hitter in the World Series. I still think the Phillies do have a chance to win, but I do think Houston is going to do what they need to do to win the series. I think that Houston is going to win the series, and Dusty Baker will get his first ring. So definitely that's what I'm predicting. We'll see how that plays out. And now we're going to shift and go ahead and look into boxing news. And to say the least, there's a lot to talk about in boxing this week. I will go ahead and give you my breakdown on the Terrence Crawford Instagram live post regarding his matchup with Errol Spence. There was a lot to pack in. I'm going to go ahead and go over that with you in just a few moments. All right, so I heard everything that Terrence Crawford said. I watched the entire about 17 minutes of the IG Live post, and I will give you my takeaways. First and foremost, I felt as if Terrence Crawford was really all about the money. And and I'm not saying that he should be about anything other than the money, but it didn't seem to me as if he made it as big of a priority to actually win the fight. He said, oh, I'm just going to beat this guy. Kind of nonchalantly, I'm going to beat him. I wasn't sold on that. Like, it, it really, when it comes down to it, the main thing that was important to Terrence was making sure the money was right. He wanted to make sure the breakdown of seeing the money, you know, if they went through PBC with this fight, it was very obvious that all that was coming out of his mouth, whether it be to Errol Spence's team to Al Heyman was about money, 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 money. Having said that, 
he claimed, and allegedly what he claimed is was two hedge fund companies that offered to play $50 million for this fight, $25 million to Terrence, $25 million to Errol. And what he basically stated was he was going to take that offer because it was going to be a guarantee. He wasn't really concerned about the back end. He even said that, you know, the back end of the guys, people are going to steal this fight anyway. So I don't really care about the back end. I don't really care about the pay-per-view sales in a way of what he's saying. He didn't say those words. I'm just concerned about the upfront guaranteed money. Now, let me stop right there. When anybody says hedge fund company, first thing that comes to my mind is scam, scam alert. 98 to 99% of hedge fund companies, unfortunately, are scam artists. They don't really have any money. They're basically floating money. Basically, they're stealing from investments that you and other people are making. They float that money to make another investment. And when you want your money back, they go ahead and take somebody else's money and give you your money back, and it's a vicious cycle. Not all of them like that, but I would say 98, 99% of them. So if you told me you have a hedge fund company that's going to give me $50 million, I'm telling you now, the first thing I would do if I was Errol is that like crazy, like there's no tomorrow. Now, having said that, let's say, let's assume it was legit. Let's say this was a one or two companies was legit, and we're going to give $25 million, a piece $50 million for this fight. And then Terry went on to say that he even he told Al Heyman about it, and he even called Errol about it. And they both basically, make a long story short, said no deal. I would have to agree with Errol as well as Al Heyman on this for a few reasons. Terrence Crawford, he signed with a team. He's not like Arrow's with PBC. Terrence Crawford is, quote, quote, a free agent. If Arrow would have taken a deal, Arrow would have lost. He would have made $25 million, allegedly, but he would have lost maybe $125 million because he would have been breach of contract. So he can't take a side deal, even if it's for $25 million. He just can't do it. Then, you know, Al Heyman who was the promoter, where does him in this 25, I get 25, you get 25, where does the promoter get his? I'm not saying now promoters are not to be greedy. They're known to take too big of a piece of pie, get all that. But at the same token, they do get a piece of the pie. So I agree with Errol Spence saying that deal was only going to benefit one person. That's Terrence. And I agree with that because Terrence did come across to me as a person that wanted to get the guaranteed money, but really didn't come across as a person to me that was really interested in selling the fight and promoting the fight to get money on the back end. Meaning he basically wants to just say, I'll sign on the dotted line. I'll do my mandatory, you know, press conference, whether this fight sells well or not, I don't care. I got my guaranteed money. Unfortunately, in the boxing world, that's not how it works especially if you want to be successful at selling a fight. A person who's a great example of that is Floyd Money Mayweather. He's not just a great boxer. He's a fantastic promoter and salesperson. Terrence falls very short on that. And he also cares about the back-end money, just as much as he does 
the front end money. Having said that, I do think Terrence was being really self-centered in this deal and also really just thinking about himself. I mean, look, you have to come in agreement with somebody who's working for somebody with another company. The back end is something you should be thinking about. I agree with Al Heyman, though. He did mention that he did talk about Al Heyman on this, and Al Heyman did say, quote, quote, even if you take $50 million for this fight, 25 and 25, you're selling yourself short. I agree with Al Heyman on that because if this fight is promoted properly and done well, I do believe this fight will make around $90 million, regardless of people streaming it illegally. I do feel as if this type of fight, if you fight right away, meaning early next year and you stop dragging it on, I do believe this fight will sell well anywhere between 90 to $105 million. So the back-end money is something that Terrence should need to think about as long as he does his part. Terrence has to understand that boxing is, is a business that you also, as much as you hate sales and marketing and promoting, you have to do that to get the money. Muhammad Ali, Babe Weather, these guys are great promoters. It's not that you got to talk junk and, and like that, but you got to be an avid participant with marketing a fight. When I looked at this situation with Terrence Crawford, let me also say this. Terrence Crawford is funny guy that he, he's going to get $10 million from who was way down the list. And I would say that, you know, you're taking a very, very safe fight. You, you did say he's a tough guy. But in reality, it's, not, it's really low risk, high reward. And that's what you're doing. You're, you're fighting – against a guy that most people don't even know who he is, David Anadizian. And this fight is something that, okay, you took it for $10 million. I get it. But at the same token, this fight is, I would would be surprised if this fight sold well. You didn't even get the promotional company that's backing a fight right during your Instagram post. So, how could you be really good at selling a fight if you don't even know the name of the company that's the, uh, the Amazon? Just so people know, it's going to be on BLT time, and it's on the app. For what we did see here, it's $39.99. This is an up-and-coming company that wants to make a name for themselves, so they're actually selling the fight at a low cost. $39, at least here on the, West, on the East Coast, so check it out. And then when it comes to expense, I really have to say, really wasn't much I can really criticize about Errol Spence. Errol Spence has a team of people. I agree with him. If you are a great leader, you have people around you who do their job great. And I will say this much. After both Errol and Terrence make their next fight, I would have to say they just need to find a deal where, okay, a traditional deal. You're going to get maybe 10 or 15 million guaranteed. The rest is going to be back-end money. You know, 
where it, it's got to be transparent as far as the expenses. I get all that. I agree with Terrence on that. But at the end of the day, you have to do a deal like that because if you do a deal like that, you actually probably will walk away with more money. You know, a lot of times when it comes to boxing, that kills a lot of great opportunities. I see it all the time, and I've seen this at the negotiation table. People get too greedy. A little bit of something is better than a whole lot of nothing. Okay, you wanted $25 million from this alleged hedge fund company because you wanted guaranteed. Well, hey, let's say you had a fight of $5 million guaranteed to fight Arrow, but you got back-end money. 50% of the buyers or 60% of the buyers or 30, 40, whatever the percentage is, you sell a fight of $90 million, you do the math, you're walking away with 35, 40, $45 million. So if you put the upfront money and the greed aside and you actually are a willing participant and help market the fight, that back-end money can actually give you more than the front-end money. Ask Mayweather about it. But you have to be willing to market the fight. You can't expect to get guaranteed money without you putting in the work to market a fight. Nobody wants to money, be it a prime or any emotional company. The worst thing that you can do is be a great fighter, not be able to promote yourself. There's been a lot of people I personally who are outstanding boxer, <clears throat> but they have no idea how to market themselves. They have no idea how to advertise themselves. They don't have no idea to do any of that. And some don't know how to do it, and some of them don't care to know how to do it. And guess what? Even though you're a great fighter, the fights sell poorly. That's the case with Terrence Crawford. His pay-per-view numbers suck because he doesn't do a good job marketing himself. Not saying you got to talk junk all day, but you got to get a little bit on social media. you got to do a little public appearances from time to time. You got to show confidence you're going to beat a guy. And that's the reason why I'm sticking with my prediction I made this month ago. I feel as if Errol, the true Spence, is going to beat Crawford if this comes to fruition. I feel as if Errol wants to win better. It's not just about the money. I felt with Terrence Crawford, it was all about the money. And if you want to beat a guy who's elite, you need to focus more than just about the money. you got to focus on actually beating the best. I think Errol's hungrier, and also I feel that Errol has fought much better competition. Let's look at the facts. Errol Spence has pretty much wiped out the welterweight division. Let's, the person left standing is Terrence Crawford. And I would even say also Thurman, Keith Thurman. But we're going to talk about Thurman in a few moments. Errol Spence has beat Ugas, who is not an easy guy to beat. He's a very tall, linky, welterweight. He's also, regardless of what you think about Ugas, Ugas beat Pacquiao. And not only did he beat Pacquiao, he beat him convincingly. Pacquiao had no answer for his length and his height and size. So, Spence beat Ugas, and not only did he beat Ugas, he dominated the fight. He only had that one hiccup to go pick his mouthpiece up, which is a mistake that Errol is not going to make again. So Ugas, he beat Sean Porter. Yes, it went to a decision. 
but you can't guarantee a knockout in any fight or knockdown. He did beat Sean Porter. He beat Danny Garcia. These are all very good, credible boxers. Errol did great in all those fights. So, I just feel as if the truth ends up playing this fight. The guy that said, as soon as he beat Ugas, we need to get back in the lab and continue to work hard. He's got a great trainer. I feel as if, if Errol Spence keeps that same motivation, that same hunger to beat Crawford, I just don't see Crawford winning the fight. There's going to be a very, very competitive fight, but it's a fight that I feel Errol is going to win. I cannot take his word that he can beat Errol just that easily. I just just not. Let's let's look at the facts. I mean, Terrence Crawford has beat Sean Porter, a very good boxer, but not, I don't believe on the level of an Ugas and a Danny Garcia. And Terrence Crawford, one of our former guests and my one good friend, Jeff Horn. So I feel as if Aerosmith is more proven in welterweight division. Having said that, it's not been officially announced, but the rumblings and a lot of people are rumored, and it's like pretty much a foregone conclusion. It's not official yet that Errol Spence will be fighting Keith one time Thurman. Now, I have to say, Errol Spence taking that fight, that was something that Terrence did, Crawford did make a, a mention of, that if he agrees to this fight and it becomes official, Errol Spence would went on his back on his word to fight Keith Thurman. <clears throat> I will agree on Terrence on that, that regard. If Errol does agree to the fight, he would have actually went back on his word and fought a guy that he adamantly denied he was not going to fight because he had kind of he was kind of salty the fact that he wanted to fight Keith early in his career. And Keith told him no. And he said no for a while. But at the time, Keith wanted to fight Errol at a point. But Errol, I'm sorry, Errol wanted to fight Keith Thurman. But at the time, Keith Thurman was not ready to fight Errol. Because of injuries, he wasn't ready to fight a guy of his caliber yet. Then, lo and behold, coming on, and the tables were reversed. Keith Thurman wanted to fight Errol, and Errol said, no, I'm not going to fight you because when I wanted to fight you, you didn't fight me. Having said that, yes, Errol would have went back on his word. But at the same token, I do feel it's kind of like a silver lining in this. The silver lining I see is that these two guys really should have fought earlier because they let things get in the way, more or less Errol's part, pride and stuff. They never fought each other. Having said that, Keith Thurman only has one loss in the Manny Pacquiao. That's it. Errol Spence fighting Thurman is a much bigger competition than I feel Terrence Crawford has in his fight. You know, I just feel as if he went way down to the eighth best boxer in this division. Somebody really, people who know about boxing don't even know much about his opponent. That's, that's just the way it is. I mean, he didn't fight Ugas. He didn't fight Keith Thurman. He didn't fight, you know, anybody of that nature, Danny Garcia. He's fighting David 
Avedisian. And he calls it a, a tough competitor, but that's to be determined. And like that, we we figured a guy that's getting ten million dollars saying, "Hey, that like, fight is tough." Yeah, right. I mean, I'm not. I don't think he's that tough. But keep one time Thurman against Errol Spence. That is a legit fight. And having said that, as much as you know, our props to Keith Thurman. He was on our show. He's a great guy. Really cool. I we are going to try to see if we get Keith Thurman. Again, on our show, to shed some light on this potential Errol Spence fight, I will say this much. I have to be fair, and, you know, what's fair is fair. If Errol Spence and Keith Thurman are going to fight and that becomes official, I will say Errol Spence does have the advantage to beat Keith, more particularly because Errol Spence has been more active. He's more proven in his division by fighting some of the top guys. I feel as if Keith Thurman does have kind of one Achilles heel, and that's a body shot. Body shots are something that Errol Spence does an outstanding job doing. So if they do go into fight, I am going to be picking Errol Spence, but I still do think Keith Thurman is a dangerous fighter. They call him one-time Thurman because he, if he does catch you, you can't go down. So Errol Spence is fighting better competition than Terrence Crawford in this next fight. So I will keep you up to date on all news for boxing. We're going to discuss now the Jake Paul latest win. Congratulations to Jake Paul on his most recent win. Yeah, so... Is Jake Paul good for boxing? I don't think Jake Paul is good for boxing. I think he's phenomenal for boxing. And let me tell you why. I just went into details about Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence and how this became a big charade. These are two top fighters fighting in their prime. Errol has three belts. Terrence has one. Errol wants to fight Terrence for his one belt so he can become unified. Uh, He can become undisputed, I should say. And guess what? We get a little behind the window, little glimpse behind the curtain of how big of a mess it is just to negotiate a fight. So Jake Paul, the biggest issue he had with making a fight with a professional boxer was was with Tommy Fury, and that was a charade. It is very difficult to make professional boxing fights. There is just too much greed involved. There's too many sanctioned bodies involved. There's too many parties who have opinion involved. And it's just a complete runaround and mess to make a, a boxing fight. Jake Paul fights guys that are, he hasn't fought a professional boxer, but guess what? He is bringing fans to the seats. He's bringing entertainment to boxing. And he's actually bringing us an entertaining fight. He's actually bringing a fight together. All you get in a lot of times boxing is a a bunch of guys talking a bunch of junk, but at the end of the day, the best are not fighting the best. You really have to look at the the B-level guys fighting the B-level guys. Sometimes you get a B-level guy fighting an A-minus guy, but realistically, you don't get too many guys who are A versus A. You don't get that too often because there's too much politics involved. Jake Paul finds guys who are not professional boxers. He fights them, and you know what? He ends up winning. 
these fights that he's had, the the more recent ones have been, you know, Jake Paul hanging in there and finding a knockout, finding a way to win that right hand. And he's getting better but better every fight with his techniques. So I think Jake Paul is outstanding for boxing. I kind of wish more boxers were like Jake Paul. They know how meeting Jake Paul knows how to market himself. He knows how to promote the heck out of a fight. He knows how to go ahead and do a social media post. He knows how to work the game. He knows how to make things happen and where he can get big money on the back end. So Jake Paul is absolutely fantastic for boxing. I think Terrence Crawford should watch and pay more attention to what Jake Paul is doing. I think a lot of other boxers should pay attention to what Jake Paul is doing, how he's promoting and marketing himself to pick his brains because he does a phenomenal job at it. He's like a Floyd Mayweather junior at it. And this, and he makes a fight happen. Yes. The only fight that got canceled and recanceled again was when he decided to fight a professional boxer, because you got to go through all those charades when you fight a professional boxer. So, Jake Paul is outstanding for boxing. We're going to do our best here at the Allen and Aaron Sports Radio Show to get Jake Paul on the show. I would love to hear his thoughts. The man said he wants to fight Canelo. Let's see if that's true and if that's going to be the next plan of action. We will see. But I would say much, much, Jake Paul is, is no joke. He loves to market stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if he did sign up to fight Canelo. And you know what? I If it's a boxing match, I don't give Jake Paul much of a chance. But if Canelo wants to make it a slugging match, which sometimes Canelo can do that, I would give Jake Paul a very good chance. But we will see. I'll keep you up to date on that. And definitely wanted to go ahead and give you guys thanks to our fantastic sponsor, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. So definitely get a four-pack of Chef Barbecue's, Chef G's famous Florida Barbecue Sauce at flbbqsauce.com. That's flbbqsauce.com. Get yourself a four-pack. And if you need more than just sauce, you need a caterer, talk to Chef G about that. He does fantastic catering events. So definitely thank you, Florida. Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce for being our outstanding, one-of-a-kind, wonderful sponsor. So this week I wanted to go ahead and let you guys know that, you know, there's going to be more opportunities for us to appear at events here on the Allen Aaron Sports Radio Show. We'll keep you posted on that. Definitely subscribe to our YouTube channel if you would be so kind to see some of the visual events that we do out and about and great interviews. That is going to be just type in Allen, A-L-A-N. Last name is Alford, R-D. Allen Alford, type that in in the search bar. You'll see our logo. The Allen and Aaron Sports Radio Show. Please go ahead and subscribe. And thank you for following us in, on Facebook. Facebook, it's at Facebook, Allen, A-N, typed out, A-L-A-N, and spelled out, and then Aaron, 
double-A R-O-N, Sports Talk Radio Show. Please follow us here on Instagram and Facebook, and you can follow us also on Instagram at Alfred underscore, and you'll do that. But definitely wanted to give you guys a phone number so you can hold on to that for the next show, 516-418-5572. Again, that's 516-418-5572. Store that number so you can be like our great buddy Lou. want to thank our great guest, Lou, for giving us a call in today. Always a pleasure to hear from Lou. I want to thank you guys for listening and your support here on the Allen and Aaron Sports Radio Show. It is something that me, Allen, and also Aaron do not take lightly. You know, as Pitbull said, <laughs> any day above ground is a great day. So we, we agree with that. So definitely thank you guys for listening to another great episode of the Allen and Aaron Sports Radio Show. Everything works out well. Aaron will be back next week. But I want to wish Aaron a happy anniversary to him and his wife. And you guys have a great weekend. Be safe, be well, and have fun out there and enjoy life. Take care for now. Thank you for listening to the Evan and Aaron Sports Talk Podcast. Subscribe and check out us on your favorite social media platform. Thank you.